0: Imagine heaven on earth It's easy if you try Deliverance, healing, and joy For all who will apply Imagine all the people Living for Jesus today Ooh. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. We're all living in the kingdom. There's no religion too. Imagine all the people living with Jesus too. Ooh, you may say, I'm a dreamer. I hope I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join me. As in Jesus, we'll all be made as one. Imagine Jesus Christ, our treasured possession. I wonder if you can. No greed or hunger. Or need, No need for greed or hunger A brotherhood of the Son of Man Imagine all the people Sharing in kingdom too You may say I'm a dreamer Surely I'm not the only one I'm praying one day you'll join me as in Jesus we'll all be made as one. Oh, you may say, I'm a dreamer, surely I'm not the only one. I'm praying one day you'll join us as in Jesus we'll all be made as one.
1: Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner podcast devotees. This is the great Matt Geib with you today in the soggy, wet, cool Pacific Northwest. And today there's been a message or a lesson on my heart, and I'm going to detour from the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, we will get back to it, And yet this message has really been on my heart, and as many of the messages or lessons that um, God gives me, I often go back to them and I re-preach them or re-teach them in this case, and the reason being is it's just so on my heart, but I wanted to also say I always find new things to add to them, and this is, for this hour, this has really been on my heart. I think in this day and hour, with uh, all the um, trial and adversity we've been through as a nation, as a country, as even in the world, it's time to learn to dream with God. And so I want to talk to you today about becoming a divine imagineer, becoming a divine imagineer. And um, this might go on a couple of weeks and and this message, I first uh, developed it, came to me from the father, I believe, in, in the 1990s, 1991, 92, is when it really uh, was born, as it were. And it was born on a jet airplane that I was on on a business trip in the 90s, and I was um, in a hurry to get back to um, this city in the east, and I had a lot of things on my heart and mind about this meeting for this company that I was working for when just before we took off they bumped me up to first class and I was still my mind was still on all my business things and it came to me uh, I looked over and came to me that the gentleman next to me was somebody that um, I knew or I recognized and I looked at him for a little while and as we took off i kind of glance at him every now and then and then um, you know he was kind of reading a magazine but there was a break there and I introduced myself and I asked who he was and here he was Michael Eisner at that time I don't know if any of you know who he was or what he did he was the CEO of Disney World and Disneyland and he also was headed back I think to Disney World at the time and that led to a very long, lengthy conversation about his position with Disneyland, and uh, it led into the idea and the thought of Imagineers, because Disneyland has what they call Imagineers, as we all know, and that, you know, that sparked in my heart and mind this message: divine Imagineers becoming a divine imagineer. God wants us to learn to imagine with him. And you heard the song that I wrote. That was out of my imagination. Imagine reimagined is what I call that, and I hope Yoko Ono and all those people involved with John Lennon's material don't mind me, you know, using that and changing it around a bit. And I thought of that, you know, divine imagineers. We have an imagination that we can imagine uh, things with God. And that's what this message I have here is about. I want to read you some good quotes to start off. We'll probably be here next week, too. The man who has no imagination has no wings, Muhammad Ali. Imagination is literally the workshop of the mind wherein All, wherein are fashioned, all plans created by man. Napoleon Hill. Imagination is the preview of life's coming attractions. Imagination, Albert Einstein said, is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. Let's see. Reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one at best. That's what Albert Einstein also said. The danger of an intellectual gospel is that it creates a God that looks like us and is our size. Uh, Bill Johnson in Dreaming with God. He wrote a book actually called Dreaming with God. It's a very good book. Uh, Intellectual. We We got to get beyond the intellectual. We got to get into faith. We got to connect with the heart of God. We got to connect with our imaginations. Listen to this one. When, when I'm getting at when, I, when I'm talking about imagination, a yielded imagination becomes a sanctified imagination, and it's the sanctified imagination that is positioned for visions and dreams. The sanctified imagination is a tool that enables us to tap in to true reality. Bill Johnson, Dreaming with God. The imagination is like an artist's canvas. Bill Johnson, Dreaming with God. We must be a people that see what is unseen. That will give us an advantage. If we can do this, truly we can live from heaven towards earth. Bill Johnson, Dreaming with God. Okay, let's see. Do we have any more we could read? To partner with... Let me read this one. We must learn to live from desires birthed in intimacy with him, Bill Johnson. To partner with God in his dreams releases us into a new capacity to dream with him, Bill Johnson. A co-worker is a co-dreamer, Bill Johnson. And we, we can touch on some more of these later, but I just wanted to give you a good flavor for imagination. Imagination, as we'll find out in our study, is created by God. He gave us that, uh, and you know, I, I often think about Abraham, and you know, he was promised by God to be the father of, of of a nation. And how do you think he he How do you think God tapped into his imagination so he would dream of God? He said, "Get out of your tent and look at the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea." That's how I'm going to multiply you, my son. If that isn't imagination, I don't know what else is. Divine imagination, sanctified, like Bill Johnson says, and exercised in faith. Let's go ahead, and we're going to start out with one scripture today, a very interesting scripture. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God so let's go back into this verse like I love to do with these verses and break them down with some highlighted words that are in here first of all let's look at um when it talks about reasonable service, this is your reasonable service to present your body, uh, living sacrifice. Reasonable service means spiritual worship, literally, you know. That's spiritual worship when we present our bodies to God. Conform, be not conformed to this world. That is squeezed or shoehorned, that's what the Greek implies, into a certain mode or model of something you were never meant to be. And then the word transform, be transformed by the removing of your mind from the Greek Greek word metamorpho or our English word metamorphosis. When we talk about butterflies uh, coming out of the cocoon from worm to a butterfly, that's the process. To produce an outward evidence or activity from an inward act, to take on a new identity. Hence, as I just mentioned, a worm then becomes transformed into a butterfly. The renewing of the mind, uh, renewing of your mind, is an adjustment of one's moral and spiritual vision, imagination, and thinking to that of the mind of God. That's by Thayer. He says that about that phrase in the verse. An adjustment of one's moral and spiritual vision, that is imagination, and thinking to that of the mind of God. Right. So we can imagine... A, a, with the mind of God, is what he's saying. An adjustment to of one's moral and spiritual vision, that is imagination, and thinking to the mind of God. Thayer. Thayer notes also the heart or soul of an individual is where transformation takes place through coming into alignment with God's mind and viewpoint. So let's put this back all together, this verse. I gave you those wonderful meanings that the Greek implies and that literally means. Uh, So we could read it this way. Do not let yourselves be squeezed or shoehorned into a model of what you were never meant to be, but rather willingly give yourselves over to that inward action from my spirit that produces your true identity for all to see by having your moral and spiritual vision, imagination, and thinking aligned with and expanded by the mind of God. Let's read that again. Do not let yourselves be squeezed or shoehorned into a model of what you were never meant to be, but rather willingly give yourselves over to that inward action from my Spirit that produces your true identity for all to see by having your moral and spiritual vision, imagination, and a thinking aligned with and expanded by the mind of God. Isn't that so good? So, that's really so good. So today, as we continue on, I want to speak to you about becoming a divine imagineer. He's given each of us an imagination, the gift of imagination. He's given us an ability to become that divine imagineer. So, that's what I'm talking about today. Uh Let's, here's another quote from a, a song from a few years ago. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when I see your face before me. I can only imagine. Will I dance or in awe be, fall on my knees? Uh, Will I be able to speak? That's what the writer of that song was talking about. He was talking about, um, I believe, when we're face-to-face in heaven, of course, but there is so much more, you know. I believe we can have that kind of imagining experience this writer talked about here on earth. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side, when my eyes will see you face-to-face. We can have that experience every day. We've talked about that here on the podcast. Jesus wants to walk with us hand in hand and for us to have those kind of experiences with Him. And and I believe you could refer back into the um, great catalog of messages and lessons we have on the Kingdom Corner podcast because this lesson I'm touching back into again um, uh, godly meditation. I I talked about biblical meditation maybe last summer, And this message kind of dovetails with that. And I believe if we looked at that, one of the main um, principles of, of um, of that, of meditating with God, is using a divine imagination. Let's read another quote here. There are two types of visions. The first one is a vision of the mind in which the Lord projects images and pictures onto the screen of our minds, This can be called sanctified imagination or imagination that is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I've I've experienced that a number of times over the last few years. Most often, this is how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. They often appear like hieroglyphic pictures that require interpretation. So as the Holy Spirit speaks to us through these pictures and images in the mind, we must turn around and ask Him what these pictures mean. Basic training for prophetic ministry, Chris Valotton. You know, and that's so true. If you're praying to God and you're asking to speak to, asking Him to speak to you, sometimes He'll give you a vision of the mind like that. And a lot of times, some people really, I have friends that are prophets, prophetesses, that they're called seer prophets, because that's how God speaks to them a lot through visions in their mind, like one like that, and even um, almost more. Real visions, in a way, where they're actually actually taken somewhere. Uh, I don't always understand all that. Defining imagination. Let's define this a little bit, and we'll look at some dictionary definitions, and then look at the Word of God. Defining imagination. Imagination is the ability or faculty of the mind that forms new ideas, concepts, or images of external objects, not present to the five senses in a literal sense, the ability of the mind to be creative and resourceful, the part of the mind that pictures or envisions things, envisions objects and places, both in our past as well as our future, hence imagination. The act of storytelling is a great training for developing one's imagination. Can you tell a good story? Wow. I had a Bible college roommate that could just paint a picture for you and telling stories. And we'd sit around at night before we fell asleep and he'd tell stories like that. My, my own aunt, when I was a kid, could tell stories, you know, as, at bedtime. You know, it's powerful to be able to tell a good story, both for the one who presents it as well as the one who hears the story. It's good training. The act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the five senses, never before wholly perceived in reality. That's Merriam-Webster. The, the literal definition of imagination in Latin is to picture to oneself. To picture to oneself. Now let's look at the scriptures a bit. Imagine, imagination imagined are used over 20 times in the scriptures that very words those very words are forms of imagine the most common word is the, in the old testament is the word yetzer hebrew word yetzer which is to form ideas and plans in the mind much like a potter forms and creates pottery vessels and there are other lesser hebraic and Abra, uh, hebraic and abri Abraic, let's just say Hebraic meanings as well, which includes being inventive like a scientist and also to plot and devise a scheme. The New Testament Greek language refers more to arguments or logical reason when it's talking about imagination. Some synonyms that we could find for imagination would be these, artistry, ingenuity, intelligence, Insight, inspiration, inventiveness, creativity, mental agility, enterprise, vision, envisioning, to see with the mind's or heart's eye, to dream. Let's look at an Old Testament scripture when we're talking about creativity. How do you think the tabernacle was created? Well, Exodus 31, 1-6, to and I'll just paraphrase that, there was a man that God chose out His name was Bezalel, and it says he was filled with the Spirit of God in understanding and knowledge and workmanship. And he made all the designs and the decorations of the tabernacle in the wilderness. How do you think he did that? God inspired his mind. Yes, he had some natural ability to do those things, but God gave him the inspiration for what the designs would be, how they would come out in painted form, Uh, in in the the way they were cut out, however that was done, you know. Let's go on. We'll talk some more uh, about imagination here. The importance of imagination. It influences all we do, think about or create. Thoughts are things. The Bible teaches that, you know. This will lead to theories, dreams and inventions in any profession. Imagination is the key to innovation. Imagination ignites passion as in creating one's future. Imagination causes us to have empathy for others. The more powerful um, thoughts of imagination include all the five senses, taste, touch, smell, hearing, and seeing. It is not just worthless daydreaming. You know, there can be worthless daydreaming that, you know, if you never act on those things or do anything with those things, you know. It's fueled through the input of a community of like-minded people. I like that one. It is not a new age or self-help mumbo-jumbo. Man was created in the image of God. Image is a form of imagination. The French in the 14th century began to use the word imagineer to form a mental image or likeness of something, to sculpt, carve, decorate, or embellish. As I said, it has to do with how we think. Thoughts are things. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart or imagines in his heart, so is he. When first used as a word in the 13th century, um, the inspiration of God was always included with imagination. It's always connected to imagination. Anything that we see going on today, uh, even the things that we would say were worldly, worldly creations. I mean, think of it. I just recently saw a special broadcast, a part of a news story all about Prince. And I don't know how many years he's been gone now, maybe two or three. I'm not really sure. But that man was a musical genius. He was a musical machine the way he they say that they found in his vaults enough music material that they could create albums for the next 10 years out of all the music in his vault that never was released to the public he was a musical wizard a musical machine you know of creativity and how god wants to do that with his people as well you know anytime you see great creativity like that you know, even if, if it has nothing to do with religion or God, as we like to say, you know, it's more secular, God still inspired it. How do you think Bill Gates come upon, um, you know, the, the system we use on our computers, you know, Windows, through imagination? You know, Steve Jobs, how did he come up with Apple and that system? Through imagination, and of course, the author of that was God. Let's go a couple more before we quit today. I'm going to go, these passages in Genesis are probably the most recognized for imagine. Genesis 6, 5, and 8:21 speak of the imagination or thoughts of the heart of men was only evil continually. Can you imagine that? And it seems like that's the way it is today. The imaginations of the thoughts of his heart or man's heart was only evil continually. The imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. This is in Genesis 6, 5 and 8, 21. Genesis 11, 6. Nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. And and this is when they were building the, Babylon, uh, the Tower of Babel um, with that one gentleman. I can't think of his name right now. They were building a big tower to reach the sky, and it was... Um, Based on arrogance and pride, so God confused their language and scattered everyone because they were all of the same language, the word there for imagine meant to plot, devise, consider, scheme, but in an evil sense, you know. Synonym synonym words for imagination referred to in Scripture, dreams, Joel 2.28 and Acts 2.17 talks about your old men will see visions and dream dreams, okay. Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3 talks about writing the vision on tablets and making it plain so everybody that sees it can run with it. I believe Proverbs 29, 18 talks about without a vision, um, without spiritual inspiration is the way one translation would say it, men will perish. They have no hope. As I mentioned before, imagination at times involves one's memory. First Chronicles twenty nine, eighteen. Keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of thy people. In other words, the experiences that Israel was having, Judah was having in the wilderness. God wanted to remember them to remember all the good things that He had done, how He had led them out of Egypt, and delivered them from Pharaoh, how he had provided, you know, water and provided manna and all the miracles he did. We each need to have defining moments in our spiritual walk and spiritual lives where we can look back on things that God has done for us, experiences we have that we can draw from, imaginations, and imagine those things again and, and and remember God's goodness when times are tough. And I can think of two or three things, and I wrote them down here, and I could, if I think about them and meditate on them and imagine them, it's like I could put myself in those places again. I can remember a worship service I was at in a high school gymnasium in a small town in the hills of West Virginia uh, when I was just fourteen or fifteen on a on a retreat there with all kind of other Christian kids and we sang worship songs it must have been for an hour or two and God's presence fell you know um we I remember the song we were singing in at the instruments all died down, and we all sang together a cappello, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. And, you know, everybody was just kind of on their hands and knees on the gymnasium floor or laying there under the presence of God. They had such a respect and honor for God, and they humbled themselves before God. And I felt such a presence of God there um, that, you know, I'd never imagined before as a young lad, and I can still tap into that today. I can remember the experience of walking into my granddaughters. This was when they were young. They're teenagers now, when they were 8 and maybe 11, into a youth conference. And they were there, and I was just taking a lunch break and going there. And I didn't know very many of the kids there because they were from all over the state of Washington. I knew some of the kids from our group, and God just gave me such a powerful word to give to them. We call it a prophetic utterance. And I didn't want to give it. I didn't want to give it because, you know, that's not my church. I just feel like maybe it would have been out of order, but God wouldn't let me go. And I began to give that word. And pretty soon, God gave me words for some of the children there that I didn't even know. And they would fall down weeping because only God could let, allow me to know things about them because I didn't even know them and God's presence fell in that time. And I, I can draw on that, and I can remember how God used me. And, and uh, it's good to think back on that, to realize that God can use us any time that we we just trust him. I can remember as a young lad, you know, 18, 19, 20, um, in my hometown of Mansfield in Lexington, Ohio, it was about seventy or 80,000 people, uh, walking the streets with a, with a young man that was on fire for God, who'd been in a gang only a couple years before, who'd sold drugs, who'd sold who knows what all evil things he did. But uh, he came, uh, he had a wonderful conversion to Jesus Christ. And we, uh, even though we were totally different, I was never that way as a youth, uh, we uh, became best of friends, brothers in the Lord, and we would walk the streets of Mansfield together sharing the gospel, evangelizing other youth and other people. And God used us. God used Jimmy Freiberger. That was his name. I think he became a nurse later in life, and he's still back in that area in Ohio. I'm out here in Washington. But I can remember those things when I want to sit down and imagine the youth conference, the experiences on the street with Jimmy Freiberger and the worship service in that small gymnasium in West Virginia. I can draw on those with my imagination and begin to experience that again in my emotions. So God God is God wants to make us divine imagineers. He wants to uh, expand our mind and our hearts. And, and how do you think like I said about Abraham that he could believe God to multiply him like the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky unless he allow God to divinely inspire his imagination. That's what we're talking about, becoming a divine imagineer. Thank you for joining me today. Come again next time, and we'll explore this topic even further,
0: becoming a divine imagineer. God bless you.